Yo, 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 yo. Wrestling fans, are you ready? You better get those Magusta Pops. It's time for all the kayfabe. Oh, Magusta. Into the danger zone. Hey, yo. Well, let me tell you something, brother. It's time. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a brand new episode of the Border Cafe Podcast. Streaming on YouTube. Streaming on iTunes. Streaming on Spotify. And tonight, we have an episode that for some odd reason is just built effing different. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Border Cafe Podcast. I am your host, the Venomous One, Nick Venom. Along with my two good friends, Staggerly Crocker. And um, the man that thinks he could be me in AEW fight forever, even though he did one time, but we don't talk about it. I give you Dan the man with us tonight. I say just built different because tonight we have the brand new and new APW hybrid champion, Mr. Cody Hawkins. My man, welcome to the show. From one champ to another, welcome to the show. Yeah, much appreciated, Nick. Thank you for having me on, bro. As, a, as it was a bet, as I told the the guys, I said, you know what? Whoever wins the ladder match gets the spot in Water Kayfabe. That was, that was basically what was going to happen. And boy, it, it delivered. But yeah. Um, yeah guys, was, uh... how y'all doing tonight? Doing good. Good, good, man. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. A little sore, but I'm all right. I'm about to say, I'm sure you're pretty sore after this past Saturday's uh, brutal, <laughs> brutal ladder match. Yeah. Brutal is taking it lightly. Sure. Um, I mean, I only got to put one person through a ladder. And that one was barely hanging on by a thread by the time Pablo Cruz got on it. Yeah. Yeah. Y- y'all seen that ladder. That was. Uh, yeah, it was it was all bent up and all that stuff. That you know? one ladder took a hip <laughs> toss. To, <laughs> it took a hip toss. It took a big Irish whip. And it took Pablo jumping off of it to finally just say, yeah, it just doesn't want a ladder today. Well, <laughs> you saw the uh, the after. The aftermath of uh, Ashton Blake's back, like his back is all. Oh yeah, he. Well, that was probably because of me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that one spot, but I mean, he took a beating. That dude took oh, yeah. a beating like a champ. I'll tell you that right now. Says you, he molly whopped me and Pablo with a chair. What you talking about, fool? Yeah, but he, yeah, that's true. He did molly whopped y'all with the chair, but still and all, he took Damn. a he took a he took a big splash from Pablo. Like Jesus Christ. Yeah, that, that was, was pretty brutal. Pretty brutal. <laughs> that was yeah. pretty brutal. So how's it feel to be the brand new champion after four years? Four years! You know, quite honestly, having a championship, it's it, it's bittersweet. I see really. That. I see that. You know, um, basically got to have the ladder match I never got to have. Right. You know, back in... It was like April 22nd, 2019 at House Party, the first ever house party uh, for APW. 
So yeah, it was what it was. March. It was March. So yeah, I was scheduled to go and defend the APW Hybrid Championship in a ladder match against, you know, Darius and Soul Hannibal Jackson. You know, a hell of a guy. He's the man I pinned to win this. Yeah. For the very first time in a five man eliminator match. You know, it was it was me, Hannibal. Cold Storm, Mexican Giant, Ray Ortiz, all five of us were considered very formidable men to vie for this championship. And to know that, you know, I made history by becoming the first ever. I had a 159-day uh, title reign, uh, losing it to Mexican Giant in a Tijuana strap four corners match. Yeah, Unfortunately, you know, of course, I didn't walk out of that with it. Um and then not long after that, you know, whenever APW closes doors, um, this championship, it kind of bounced around um, across a couple of federations and was in the hands of Mexican Giant, Jordan Ja. And then not long after that, it became vacated again, which, um, you know, Ashton Blake became the new champion after the, the, the return show back in March. Um, I do not feel like I deserve the championship, even though it sits on my shoulder. Because um, I had multiple chances to win this title. Right. I had multiple chances to go for this championship. I lost in the first round of the qualifiers against Mexican Giant, even though I did get smoked in the face with a chain wrap fist, referee didn't see it. I, I I feel like I got cheated out of that. Then the other, the second opportunity was a battle royal later on that night. Yeah. And lo and behold, Pablo Cruz was the one who eliminated me, who threw me over the top rope. So remember that. If anybody had that opportunity and deserved that shot, it was Pablo. I mean, he became number one contender. He fought for that. I mean, yeah, not only is he one half of the tag team champions with the Bayou Cartel, his boy Voodoo, you know, and much respect to both of those men because it, it takes a it takes a good pair of men to go after Team Roll Tide. You oh, know, yeah. they have my they have my respect for that. You know, because I faced Chucker ever since I broke into the business in two thousand nine. And he never made it easy for me. Right. Ever. You know, so my respect goes dude, out to Chucker as well. <laughs> he's he's every bit as tough as he looks. Right. You know, don't don't let this man size fool you. He will run you over like a Mack truck and ask questions later. No, but like I said, you know, the feeling having this championship is bittersweet because once again, I, I kind of feel like I, I didn't deserve this opportunity, even though Eddie and Sherry said it all. Looked into the match ledgers from back in 2019, whenever, yeah. you know, whenever APW closes doors. And whenever I lost the title to the Mexican Giant, I never invoked my rematch clause. So they stuck to the ledgers. They reinstated that rematch clause and they, they threw me into the match. Now, was I expecting it? No, not at all. Um, yeah, it came as a shock. I will say that. Yeah, it, it was the originally it was supposed to be Pablo versus Ashton, and then out of yeah, nowhere, I was. You, my honest opinion, I was pulling for Pablo. Yeah, you know, because I mean, that, and that I'm you saying, know, the, the, the Ashton, enemy of my enemy is my friend. 
Ashton had a pretty good title reign to start it off. Though I do see him winning it again in a future. Or really, truly, how can I say this? He's got so much potential with his presence. Oh, absolutely. With his presence, his in his his ring work, all that. The dude's got a great mind. You know what I mean? And oh, he's absolutely. only like what twenty years old. So the future's like twenty twenty one. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Oh, absolutely. You know, the sky's the limit for Ashton Blake. Now, when it comes to getting it off my hands, I'm not I'm not just gonna hand it to him. No, no, don't do that. Don't 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 just you lie know, on him, man. Don't pull a nitro. 14, you know, fourteen years in this business and not once have I ever laid down for anybody. No, don't do that. I've always fought. Doesn't matter who. They're good, you know, short or tall, big or small, I fought them all. You know, and win or lose, I get to fight another day. But for the time being, as a two-time APW Hyper champion, uh, I look forward to defending every show possible. Yeah. Like every show, I will have a title defense by hook or by crook. So we'll be bringing back the open challenge? Open we'll challenge the hybrid, be potential. Uh, hybrid championship open challenge? Now, I've had a few ideas. I've made a couple of phone calls. Um. Mm-hmm. I will be talking to Mr. Senator and his wife very soon concerning August 26th. Now, if Ashton Blake wants his rematch clause, August 26th, or, I mean, it's like this, for a rematch clause by contract, by by regulation nowadays, it's supposed to be, you know, within 90 days of losing your championship. Yeah. If you lose a title, you've got 90 days to invoke your rematch clause you know, before it's, you know, kaput. Right. You know, before you don't get that shot again, you got to earn it the hard way, which, you know, once again, it's a contradiction Um, because I didn't do that. Right. You know, I got thrown I got thrown into this, you know. Yeah, so, it, it was announced, and I'm like, well, Dan, they pulled in 2019 because that was the last time you, you had a title match. That's, that's when right. you lost the belt. It was March exactly. 23rd. 2019. I remember that very, very well. And I actually recorded that match. I, that match was on live, Facebook Live. I put that on Facebook Live, thinking that yeah, it was I do be remember you tagging us in it too. You, yes. you against Hannibal, but it ended up becoming you against uh, Mexican Giant in a strap match. And it's like, oh shit, this is this just got interesting because you're supposed to get a ladder match, but things happen. Certain shit happened. We're not gonna get into that. Certain shit happened. And you know, it fish, is becoming fish cleanse gimmicks. <laughs> you know, fish cleanse gimmicks, whether it's a chain around the fist or a nuck. It just Mexican giant could never win clean to save his life. Whenever he knows his goose has been cooked, he, he has to cheat. Oh, is that you a know? shoot? Is that yeah. a shoot? Oh shit. Maybe. That's a shoot, cowboy. <laughs> so, so, so Cody, you said you've been in the business for 14 years. Uh Yes, sir. I started in 2009. Yeah, how did how'd you get started in the business? Uh, I actually found out about professional wrestling um, through, I, I know this sounds kind of corny, but my ex-girlfriend's uncle, uh, who just so happens to be Flip the Wolfman Jackson, my first trainer, um, 
I was introduced. I got invited to a WrestleMania party at his house while I was Ooh. dating his niece. Uh, and this was while I was still like a junior in high school. And I see a championship hanging on his wall. And, you know, I mean, me being a belt mark and a fan, I seen that and I was like, is that the big gold? And he's like, no, hardcore. I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's the world hit, like WCW style world heavyweight championship. He's like, no, hardcore. The plates are red. Read the letters. I'm like, and it, and it had like, it was the plates were spray painted red and it had a detachable nuck at the bottom of the belt. And it said, extreme hardcore champion. Oh, <laughs> I'm like, like, wait, wait, you wrestle? He's like, yeah. I'm like, there's an indie scene out here? He's like, yeah. I'm like, put me in the game, coach. He's like, well, it's like, how old are you? I was like, well, about 18. Whenever <laughs> I met him. Hell yeah. You know, and I didn't start training until I was like 20. I was right out of high school. About, you know, it was the year after I graduated because I graduated in 08. Yeah. And uh, 09 was when I started. Like 2009, about February of 2009, I got, you know, my first day of training uh, with Flip and Mad Dog, Stan Sweetan, Trucker Jones. I, I got to share the ring with all of them. I was very uh, headstrong, right. to say the least. You know, I did a couple rolls, a few bumps, and I was like, all right, let's tie up. And I went to, I pointed straight at Trucker. Flip looks at me like, you don't want to do that. I'm like, why not? He's like, you know how to tie up? I'm like, I've got a martial arts background, and I know what a collar and elbow tie-up is. And, yeah, that day I, I got my ass handed to me in a wet paper sack. <laughs> yeah. Funny. And now, then about a, a couple of years, uh, a couple of years later, um, my later trainers would be uh, former WWE superstars Rodney Mac and Jazz. Oh, uh, they nice. saw me at a show in Jack Bay at the Jack Bay Fairgrounds for Stan Sweet Hand. Uh, we worked a uh, Carnage for the Cure show, which was his uh, his fundraiser for cancer awareness. <clears throat> um. I was like third on the card, and I worked a uh, I worked a match for the light heavyweight championship because I was light heavyweight champion at the time. Uh, I ended up losing that match to who is now Corey Constantine, ah. the current pro wrestling two three five heavyweight champion. Um, yeah, I ended up losing to him, and Rodney Mac and Jazz were the match right after me. Oh shit. And so, oh, nice. Uh, so I come through the curtain before Rodney's music hits. He's like, "Hey, what's up?" I'm like, "You know," he's like, "Good job, kid." I'm like, "Thank you, I appreciate it." Uh, nope, not good. Um, so he pulls me to the side, him and Jazz. They're like, "You did good." And I'm like, "I appreciate that. Thank you." And this is the day I met Rodney, Jazz, and Blake Dozer. You know, all three of those people played a part in, you know, giving me the thick skin that I needed to handle all the BS that comes with, you know, being a rookie in the business. You know, and, you know, and Lord knows I appreciate them for that. You know, I cannot thank them enough uh, for uh, for toughening me up to where I can handle 
the punishment in this, that this business, you know, comes with. It can be brutal at, uh, at times. Absolutely. It can be. I um, almost did a tryout over the weekend. I almost did it. The thing I was wondering was, why you weren't there, man, because I figured, you know, you know, well, just to see what it feels like, man. Mesker, Mesker had the idea when he came to the house Friday. <laughs> Mesker. Oh, boy, Mesker. <laughs> um, no, Mesker had an idea to, hey, Let's go check out the tryouts to see what's going on with the tryouts. Let's go hang out with the boys as well. And I'm like, right. all right, cool. Let's let's check it out. So I called up Eddie and said, Eddie, look, we got begin VIP tickets, begin VIP, begin the table. All right. Is there any possible way we could sneak in early, earlier than normal, to check out the tryouts? Yeah, dude, just don't interfere. I'm like, all right, cool. Right. So with that conversation, we landed another conversation to where me, him, and Mesker on a speakerphone. I have on my speakerphone. And basically had a 20-minute to 30-minute conversation saying that hey, you need to be a you need to train. You got the charisma, you got you got the you got the heart for it, you got belts. You know, you love the business. I I could totally see right. I, Nick, I could totally see you in like a Dewey Donovan. Nick Cage manager role where you're jumping up with a suitcase. Ah! <laughs> Not gonna Cornette, lie, like modern day, uh, modern day Jim Cornette. <laughs> Not gonna lie, if anything, oh boy. I would like to be a, a ring announcer. I've always enjoyed like seeing you know the Dynamite Daves and the Bru- uh, the Bryce Boudros and all that. You know what I mean? Especially Dynamite, like dude, Dynamite. Oh my God, he looked like one of those Mexican I mean- gangsters. You know, I always want I always want to ask you this, Nick. Why not become commentary? See, that's another thing. That that was another thing that I wouldn't mind doing because me and Robin we commentate. Oh no, dude. You're fine. (laughs) (laughs) We've we've had Beer City Bruiser on the show. All right. So that's that's Hey, no wrong with a beer though. Hey, no, speaking of Metzger, whenever I won that, uh, like when the, at the end of the show, the first thing I see coming to me is Metzger with a PBR. It's like, yeah, bro, you deserve it. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Like, here you go, bro. And the like, fact hey, we made it home I, that I night. I just got this belt refurbished, and I want to thank Mr. Richard, uh, an affiliate of ours with APW, who helped uh, restore this belt. You know, because when we got it back, Cause it was uh, really tattered. Uh, some of the uh, a couple of the rivets from the side plates were gone, missing. The leather was in really bad condition. So I want to thank Mister Richard for helping repair that belt and making it look like it should. Yeah. A proper now, presentation of what the hybrid division is. Now let me ask you a quick question. I know you said you broke in the business. You said two thousand nine. Yes, is- sir. Now, were you a wrestling fan as a kid, or was this just something? That oh, absolutely. Was- okay, okay. Oh, ab- yes, absolutely. I-, I was a fan from, you know, the moment I could start walking and talking. You know, like I say around, like, my, my earliest memory I can remember right off the- right hand was, like, I was, like, three or four years old, um, jumping off the top bunk in the bedroom on my older brother doing elbow drops. Smacking my head on the ceiling on the way down. 
Is this the belt you're thinking about? Yeah, that belt, but the one that was uh, hanging on Flip's wall, the plates were sprayed painted red. Okay. And they had like black lettering, like extreme hardcore, and they had a detachable nook where the nameplate is. Oh, that's cool. That's pretty dope. Yeah, it was it, it was pretty pretty uh, crafty because the only way you were able to win the match is if you used the belt as a weapon, whether you hit them with the belt or you take the nuck off and hit them with it. Oh, that's kind of cool. It was, that's it was a unique rule. It was a unique rule for that hardcore division uh, for uh, Gulf Coast Wrestling at the time. Yeah. yeah. The, uh, before it became Gulf States Wrestling, which at that time it was run by Mustang and Psycho Mike, the Dark Alliance, which those were the guys that gave me my first shot. Yeah. Uh, to get in the ring and work live shows. Um, by way of The Rocket, Chris Nassau. Wow. Now, um, uh, yeah, it was a Louisiana Championship Wrestling, September 25th, 2009, about six months after I started training. Jeez, bro. I know you said you got to share the locker room with uh, Rodney Mack and Jazz. Has there been, or has there been any other um, wrestlers that you thought were cool? Uh, in the locker room, like big name wrestlers, like that that have been in the WWE or anywhere. That oh, absolutely, man! I, I've had the distinct honor of sharing the locker room with quite a few people. Uh, Lance Archer, uh, Hardway Rod Price. Um, let's see, the Rock and Roll Express. Oh, oh um, yeah, I love those guys at Jeff and they're Dude, the I bet funniest that's cool. men. Like, we did a triple shot weekend with the Express, and at the end of that triple shot weekend, we were at Flip's house. Big old pot of gumbo, beers out the wazoo. Typical Louisiana type of stuff. Dude, that's cool. Talking talking wrestling stories with the guys, you know. They're like, there was one story about Ric Flair getting so drunk, he was uh, wearing a shoe with no sock and a sock with no shoe, and his boxers hanging upside down off of a yacht. Why does that not surprise me? That's that. Yeah, about that's, that's typical Rick. That that sounds like some Rick. Sounds like I, Rick. I, I, I was gonna say, doesn't he get too drunk every night? <laughs> well, that's, that, that's typical Rick Flair. I yeah. mean, there was. Uh, <laughs> let's see, uh, the uh, dysfunction 2018. One of our first won the hybrid championship. We had Simon Gotch in the locker room. Uh, I was yeah, how is he? Simon Gotch. Remind uh, me who that is. Vaude villains. Uh, the Vaude villains. Oh, yeah. Before yeah, the how old, Young Bucks did it too, but they kind of did it like right. whatever. Something like that. The whole, the whole year. Yeah, the whole, the 1950s, the, the, like. The high flex. Yeah, the high flex. They had I a thing with, with uh, Aiden English, yes. With Aiden English, they also um, had a thing with uh, Soft. Share the locker room with um, the franchise Shane Douglas. Ooh, I was sitting under his learning tree. Uh, I've been to a few seminars. I went to one with uh, Percy Pringle, uh, formerly known as Paul Bearer, before he passed away. Wow. Hell of a person to sit under a learning tree from. Um, I mean, shoot, the, the list goes on. Uh, Mark Henry out in Texas. Uh, that was an awesome experience, actually. Uh, for um, This was uh, SWE Fury. Uh, TV tapings, yeah. and I went out yeah. there for a tryout. Uh, Mark Henry was there while over, overlooking the tryouts with Rodney Mack and Jazz and Brad Price. Doesn't Charlie Haas wrestle for that promotion? Yeah, 
And yeah. uh, I did get to I get to meet I did get to meet Charlie a couple times, uh, both as a fan and as a worker uh, in the business. And uh, very, very like he was a very straight up guy. You know, Charlie Hoss is a very straight up man whenever it comes to this business. You know, just like Rodney and Jazz, because they, they all got into the business around the same time. You know, roughly around the same time, within like a five year period. Um, let's see, man, who else can I think of? I mean, there, there's been a there's been a handful. Man, there's I gotta I gotta of, ask you, how was Shane Douglas, man? Was he a cool? Was he cool? Oh, he, that's a cool cat right there, man. I I, uh, I liked uh, sitting there chatting with him at an eight, uh, it was an APW show. I wasn't booked for it. This was before I started getting booked at APW, like twenty. Late 2017, early 2018. I was. I know it was around uh, 2017 in particular. Yeah, we we were working at the Sunset Sportatorium. Yeah, Sunset. Because uh, I remember Robbie would tell me a lot of stuff about you. And I remember like he would call me one night, dude. You gotta meet this guy. I said, well, what's his name? He's a big wrestling guy. You'll get along with him just fine. It's like, well, what's his name? Cody Hawkins. And I'm like, is he related? And now me being me, the stupid me coming out. No, not related is to he Kurt. related to Kurt no. Hawkins? And no. he laughed. He's like, ah, nope. funny. Nope. It's like, I <laughs> you know. But, like, he would he would honestly talk about you all the time. To the point, he made a... We worked together. Yeah, exactly. And that, that was another thing, that y'all worked together. Y'all, uh, he also made a wrestler based off of you in a way. But it was AJ Hawkins. That was his ring name. Huh. AJ Hawkins. So at the time, my name was Nick Nick Graves. Oh, no, Nick Bowens. But then it got, then it became Nick Graves, and now it's Nick Venom, which is by okay. far the best name that I have. And with him, has always been AJ yeah. Hawkins. And he's like, he had, he's he's also he's also a big fan of like the Danger Zone dude. Uh, Chris, oh, dude. Uh, where his name? where are my manners on this one? My first booking in September of two thousand nine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I worked double duty as a matter of fact I was under a mask in a battle royal I was the last guy in I was the first guy thrown out <laughs> of course and then uh, they had me pulling double duty I worked as a referee for the last couple of matches for that show uh, including the main event which was a tag team match between the Rocket and Hacksaw Jim Duggan oh wow mm-hmm. Versus Sweet Stan, Sweet Hand, and One Man Gang. Wow, that's cool. I have a One Man Now, I have a story about that one there because that show, two things happened to me. Working out in the ring before the show, uh, I dislocated my right shoulder. Oh, shit. Put it back in place. Half hour before doors open, Rocket's asking me, hey, you good? I'm like, yeah, I'm all right. Like, <laughs> and he's like, hey, you got your blood work? I'm like, uh, surprisingly, yes. How about this? I'll get you in the ring tonight. You're going to work last night. I'll take care of your license. I'm like, so? <laughs> the fact you made Rocket sound like Cartman from uh, South Park, that's awesome. <laughs> oh no! Oh, hell had no fury than the spot that was actually worked in that show. 
there was a match between Slip the Wolfman Jackson and Trucker Jones. This was the Mamu Skate Center in Mamu, Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trucker put Slip through a burning table. Got the holy shit chant as well as a LCW chant because it was Louisiana Championship Wrestling. After this match, before I was set to go out to referee the main event, he came, Rocky came coming through the curtain. He was mad, bro. He was boiling. He's like, Flip. He looks at Flip. He's like, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> like, Flip's like, what? He's like, you got a holy shit chant, and I didn't. I'm like, okay. That's good shit. That's so, good shit. So that shit happened. But in that tag team match, the the spot that I had, because I was getting the I was the ref that was gonna bump. Um there was like some turmoil in the match. Everybody came into the ring, like Rocket was working Stan. Stan was working some healer stuff. Gang pulled me out, pulled me off to the side to where I couldn't see what was going on. The next thing you know, Duggan runs in. I try to stop Duggan. Gang comes in, starts working the heel stuff on Rocket with Stan. I try to pull Stan and Gang off of Rocket. Uh, Stan Irish whips me into one man Gang's boot, and I take a big, solid, size fifteen and a half boot to the jaw, and it uh, it messed up your. Yeah, uh, you I got my cracked my second molar in three places, Jesus. like in three, like three different splits. So less than two days later, I had to go get that two pulled out and I still have it in the little biohazard little bag from the dentist office. <laughs> and that's, that's like, yep, my first ever booking and I got a tooth knocked out thing there. <laughs> a little bit of a memento, so, you know, just got knocked out. Just got my teeth knocked yeah. out by the one man gang, you know. It, it a dislocated no, shoulder and a and a fractured jaw with a broken tooth. Let's yeah, keep this thing no, going. It's, it's another, <laughs> another day in the office. Here you go. Here another you day in the life, right? And Rocket listened to me after the match. He's like, "You all right, buddy?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'm good." So one man gang, you know. Even though he's a heel in the business, you know, a very very kind and generous gentleman. He even came to check up on me and said, hey, brother, you all right? I'm like, yeah, I'm all right. My jaw's hurting. He's like, welcome to the business, kid. <laughs> Sounds about right. And, uh, you know, the rest is history. You know, I've been doing this since then. You know, September 25th, 2009, you know. Yeah. And it's about, it's to, it's about, about to come up. 14 years I've been yeah, actively years. wrestling, but 14 and a half years since I started training. That's crazy. You know, it's, uh, yeah, it don't feel like it though. No. You know, um, and it actually will make, like I said, it's, it's, it's bittersweet, but at the same time, very humbling. It will actually make five years since I met you because I met you in August of 2018. It was actually SummerSlam weekend. And that's when GSW used to do the shows doing SummerSlam weekend. It would be Iberia. Yeah. And city park. Okay. It was one of the GSW shows. I don't know exactly which one it was, but I know it was back in 2018 because I went to SmackDown the month after. So this is literally a month before I met my beautiful girlfriend. Um, And it's like Robbie was like, dude, you got to go check him out. Go check him out. It's all right. Cool. I want to see what this man's all about. And sure enough, I forgot who you wrestled. 
but it is like for the so dude 20, his size. 2018? Yeah, it was 2018. Mm, Gulf States Wrestling, let's see. It was see if I could think it was August back. of 2018. August 2018. Oh, okay. That was I worked the match against Trucker Jones. I knew it was somebody. Or, I knew it was either Trucker Jones for, or for a, um, what they called the Golden Opportunity Match. It was for a shot at any G uh, Gulf States Wrestling Tag Team or, or any GFW Championship. Mm-hmm. Uh, I won via a Swanton off the top, which actually uh, bruised my heel mm-hmm. and blew out four major blood vessels in my foot. Mm. <laughs> and I still had to go to work the next day. You know, and Gotta having to work with that injury and icing it down every day and putting a hot compress on it, making sure, you know, I, I you know, proverbially speaking, staying on my toes. <laughs> Shit. You know, now, and having to work through that. Now, with APW being back full time, it's go is for, for right now is, is at the Bayou Pigeon Hall. You said next month, it's moving over to Denham Springs. Oh no, I didn't say anything about Denham Springs. It's moving to a new venue. Oh, I heard uh, Denham Springs. It's, from gonna, other it's still gonna no, 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 no. Like Denham Springs, that's pro wrestling two two five territory. They've got the yeah. The, what is it? The 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 North Park Rec Center. I think like so. That. They got the rec. They got that. They also got the east east side Homa. Uh, the east side uh, recreation center in Homa. Yes, yes. Or uh, something like every that. now and again, you'll see them work at a. You'll see them in the Copac, mm-hmm. right? The Copac gym in Plaquemine. But if I'm not mistaken, um, now all I know is it's still going to be in the Plaquemine area, according to the Facebook page. Right. Uh, Eddie said it all had dropped a status earlier this afternoon about it, because um, uh, let's just say the hair to tall was. Super, oh, super hot in there. I'm gonna tell you right now, and I told Mescus, like, dude, I'm wearing a muscle shirt. I'm not wearing a damn regular shirt. I'll wear a regular <laughs> shirt whenever, whenever we get, whenever we on our way back home. And sure enough, I mean, we got there. It was hot. Now, mind you, we were already drinking. We were. I was already about maybe five or six beers deep. <laughs> Him, he was. I don't know how many beers this dude had, and he's like, dude, don't even try. Don't even try to out drink me. It's like. I'm not even gonna try. I'm just trying to have a good time. I'm trying to have a buzz, right, right. all that shit. So I don't care what you do. Oh, it's stuff. fine. Just all I ask, get me home. That's it. That's and right. Get me home, brother. The dude got me home totally fine. We were, bro. He was we were partying it up when we got back to my house. Robbie showed up after, so we were all uh-huh. drinking, having a good time, and it's like shit. And me and Robbie didn't go to bed until like almost five o'clock the next morning. Just yeah, playing old <laughs> wrestling games and shit, but right, right. Um, but no. But the thing was, that venue is a great venue, but dude, it's so hot. It is. Yeah, which crucial. you know, Eddie and Sherry said it all has been trying to push, uh, getting a couple of three ton units to keep that venue cool. That's what I heard. You I know, heard from all well, the fans we're, we're trying to basically. We're trying to raise the money in order to to pay for the units, right? You know, and the shows have been a little on 
the low number side because it's a yeah, very I, small I town outside of Plaquemines, so it's not going to be easy to pull in people mm-hmm. because the city of Plaquemines is quite honestly a pro wrestling two two five based Area. town, right? You know, because of course you know you've got two federations that are so close together, and it's not easy to try to run shows, you know, opposite of each other. Whenever the state commission has so many rules and regulations, and uh, rules and regulations about running shows so close together, I think one of the rules is you cannot run a show two weeks prior or one week after of an event that's already been scheduled and paid for and reserved for that date. Mm-hmm. So, you know, geez, but. Right. I had no clue the commissions were that strict on everything. Oh, yeah. I thought that they just – I just thought they cared about the health bullshit, but about going about how many times you can promote a show versus another show? Yeah. Like, ridiculous. Right. <laughs> it's ridiculous. So, so, yeah, and, of course, you know, the wrestlers have to do blood work twice a year. Yeah. Which is, like, once every six months, you and, know. And, yeah. and then the female yeah, wrestlers – and, and, and then the female wrestlers, I'm sure, have to get uh, – Pregnancy test because that's how it is out here in Missouri. Uh, no, just the blood work. Oh wow! Because I know for Missouri, they every time a woman wrestles, like they have to get tested like once a month or something like that. No, no, okay. Oh, I might not, I might not be that's familiar with the rules whenever it pertains to the women's side. Yeah, but that's actually a good contingency. You know, just in case you know they're working yeah. and they might yeah, not I, know I, that they I, are pregnant. I just, I just meant that's a that's a such a a more added cost to the women to wrestling than the men, the, the men don't have to do. Which is, which is true, you know, but you know, the, the, the precautions have to be, yeah. yeah. you know, you gotta be able to make sure yeah. you're in, you're in good health. You're in good standing. You know, your, your blood tests are clear, you know, which we wrestlers in Louisiana have to follow the same blood work as, Boxers, MMA fighters, martial artists, mm-hmm. um, you know, in that ring to where it it creates a blanket of security for the people working in the show, whether you are a referee, a manager, uh, a ring announcer, a wrestler, don't matter, you know, to where, you know, it, it, it protects us and lets us know that nobody has a blood transferable disease, you know. Like I said, for the safety of everybody involved, fans included. You know, because if somebody bleeds and some of their blood gets on a fan, somebody, you know, somebody pops up and says, oh, yeah. oh, oh, I've got hep C. Oh, 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 hepatitis. Oh, you know? oh, oh, yeah. That, it's definitely, I, I think that, I think that blood tests should exist, but I think the commissions go a little too far on everything else. And over that. I mean, we, and, we, I mean we, the we, licensing. The licensing is another thing, of course, because you got to do like twenty five dollars a year, which I don't, I don't mind that. Sometimes yeah, the federation will pay for it if you're a mainstay, or the, you know, I'll just tell some of yeah, them, hey, yeah. take it out my pay. You yeah, know, I, thank yeah. you. Yeah, I just meant for instance, like we had the Abdullah the Butcher giving hepatitis to uh, Hannibal, Hannibal, years ago, and so that's uh, that's a big instance of why blood testing needs to happen. It's, a, it's a very serious issue. Speaking that can, of uh, that can affect somebody's life. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of Abdullah the Butcher, tomorrow night's episode of Dark Side of the Ring is Abdullah the Butcher, yeah, which is going to be very interesting. 
Zeta Lee. I watched the last couple of episodes with uh, Matt Bourne uh, or Doink. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, that I, one was good. I, I just rewatched that Doink first. The Graham story was pretty intense. I just, insane. I just, I just rewatched that. How about JYD? What do yeah, you think about JYD on this one? I haven't Very shocking. Yet. Very shocking. And I, I'm not going to say another because Dan hasn't I, watched it yet. I liked the episode, but I wish they would have went more in depth. Yeah. That's how I feel. They, they could have been a little bit more in depth. Like, like Jim Cornette, honestly, I, I do follow Jim because of the role that he played with Mid-South and the yeah. uh, Midnight Express. And, you know, you know, Jim Cornette was a very major role in Mid-South's history along with Junkyard Dog, which... You know, JYD was a hero of mine growing up. You know, I got to meet him a couple of times. Like the first and la like the last time I got to see him work a show was for um, they had some guys from Deep South Wrestling and a few other organizations around the area. They had done a show at the Baton Rouge River Center, which is now the Raising Plains River Center yeah. in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And I got to meet him during an admission. He was the mid he was like mid-card main event-ish kind of deal. Um I was ringside, got to get a picture with him, had the Polaroid for years until it, you know, we um we lost our home in the fire when I was 17. So a lot of my wrestling memorabilia growing up as a kid was gone. Yeah. But that that memory still holds true to me. And to know that. You know, some of his students, Rodney Mack, Jazz, Blake Dozer, you know, rest in peace, Blake Dozer. He was one of yeah, my really. major mentors in the business before he passed away back uh, just a, about, what, six months ago in February. Already? Like, yeah. Jeez. Well, five months ago. It's, it's been a little over five months now. Yeah. You know, God, that was, man. not only was he a mentor to me, but he was like my big brother in the business. Yeah, because I remember seeing him all the time. Whenever he was wrestling, he was always there. And I remember talking to him I mean, a couple of times and all that stuff. He was a really cool dude. And it sucks that he I mean, he was trained. He was trained by a dog, you know? Yeah. I mean, he was trained by a dog, you know? And that's that's that that's a, that's a lot of respect put on him because he was trained tough. Right. Along with Rodney, along with Jazz, uh, Mexican Giant as well. Um. He was, he was trained there as well. There was quite a few guys from Louisiana that were trained by a dog in Hardway Rod Price. Yeah. Um, and I've got all the love and respect in the world for Dog Pound, which nowadays uh, Rodney and Jazz are currently living in San Antonio. They run the Dog Pound Wrestling Dojo out in San Antonio. Right. They also run Dog Pound Championship Wrestling. Uh, they are... You know, Rodney's active on the NWA roster, while Jazz is one of the producers for the women's division matches, if I'm not mistaken. Which is a good role for her nowadays. Oh, hell yeah. Definitely man. a good role. I mean, yeah, I mean Jazz has given her body to this business just like Rodney still is now. You know, and like people don't understand the physical toll it takes to be a part of professional wrestling. You know, there's countless days on the road, you know, being away from home, family, friends, that sacrifice, you know, whenever they got their release from WWE in the early 2000s, you know, they started a family. I Like, their daughters, their twin daughters, love them to death. 
You know, right. I, I remember seeing them when they were up to my knee. You know, they were they were very little. And now they both graduated from the dojo. One's a referee, one's an active wrestler. Oh yeah. wow, that's cool. So you fun know, fact, um, it's great. So fun fact about uh Rodney Mack. So my girlfriend and I, you know, we're big into wrestling. I'm bigger in the wrestling. Her dad, on the other hand, used to be, but still watches it. Like if I watch it, he'll watch it with me. He personally knows Rodney Mack. Nice. I think him and his dad. Hey. Northside High School alumni, baby. Yeah, him and his dad went to uh, they went to high school together. I think if I'm not mistaken. Yep. And all North that. Northside High School. So he, so he been knowing Rodney Mack pretty much <laughs> practically through all of his life. And as a matter of fact, I've thought about having Rodney Mack on the show. I've been wanting to reach right. out to him because uh, I mean he's from Louisiana. You know what I mean? My Louisiana people. I understand. But Dan's brought in so many good people. He's brought in Kid Cash. Um, he's brought in a few other people as well. I think just Kid Cash, though. You're, I mean, we've had, like, as far as, like, where are you talking about, like, um, like big, big names. I think it's just Kid Cash. We, well, I mean, we've had Kid Cash. We've had Beer City Bruiser. Yeah. We've had um, Sam Stackhouse. Uh, Sam Stackhouse from GCW. Which – Interesting, Sam Stackhouse. He's just appearing in an indie film in Oklahoma. Yes, that's pretty cool. Yep, yeah, he's 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 making some big moves right now. That's a big boy making big moves. That is, he is such a nice. He's got the one cafe rub. Cafe <laughs> rub, and now he's going big places. You see yeah. what I mean? Boy, yeah. boy is built like a brick shit house. And he can oh my god, is hard as one. That is a <laughs> big fucking dude. He's got a oh, yeah, he'll, he'll, That's that's a plus. Hey. He's got a body size similar to one man gang, if you ask me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he does. Yeah. Definitely. I, I, I think. Say, yeah, you could be. You could play a twin of him. <laughs> right. I don't uh, think you ever seen one man gang pull off moon salts, though. Yeah, he yeah. Could pull maybe off on salt. the old mid south tapes. Maybe. Like Speaking. Crazy, crazy times, though. Speaking of uh, anniversaries and stuff like that, Dan wanted to bring this to fruition. Uh, before we had you on the show, this was kind of a last-minute thing. We were all, we were going to talk about the 25th anniversary of the Hell in a Cell match between Undertaker and Mankind. Now, Dan had a great idea to talk about it. So, Dan, floor's all yours. Man, floor, you, we'll, just, we'll just make it really quick. I know we all have our little stories of kind of where we were at and what we were doing at the time, man, you're the guest on our show, man. What is your memories of that match? Oh man. I was at, uh, I was at my uncle's house actually as a kid watching this. Um, he knew I was a huge fan. Like matter of fact, he was the one that took me out to the Baton Rouge river center for that show where I met dog. Yeah. Yeah. And that was, that wasn't long before he had passed away. Um, coming home from his daughter's graduation. Oh, you know? yeah, I remember that. Yeah, because uh, yeah, dude, I cried like a baby for two weeks, man. That dude was literally a hero of mine. But yeah, I was at my uncle's, and he's like, "Hey, I got the pay per view. You want to come watch?" I'm like, I look at my dad. He looks at me. I was like, "Dad, can I say something without getting in trouble?" He's like, "What you mean?" I was like, "Dad, I think you know what I'm about to say." I'm like, he's like. You sure about that? I was like, yeah, it's something you say all the time. But that's like, go for it. 
Does bear shit in the woods? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I was expecting. Oh hell yeah! Yeah, That's yeah what I, was I was expecting. Too. I was expecting it too. <laughs> like, do you want to watch the pay per view? Does a bear shit in the woods? Let's go! Yeah, I'm sitting here all hyped up. I'm all jacked up on Mountain Dew. Literally, that was like my favorite soda at the time. I had like a two liter bottle of uh, Mountain Dew. Jesus. Uh, two big king size bags of handicapped bacon cheddar fries. Uh, and then my uncle threw down on some like some chili cheese dogs in the process. Like we were just grubbing it the hell up watching. Oh, that man still dude. remembers what he was eating. <laughs> hell yeah. God damn. And, and I had a bag of sweet, uh, soft, uh, them big sweet tarts, the chewable, the big chewy sweet tarts. They're about the size of a 50 cent piece. I remember that because I, I, I saved up a, a good bit of money from cutting grass and washing cars as a kid <laughs> to make sure, you know, I was like, I, I was like, I even put like 25, 30 bucks to the side from all that to tell my uncle, hey, I will pay for this pay-per-view if you if you bring it to your house. He was like, oh, don't worry about that. Keep that. I was like, really? He's like, yeah. I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to grab snacks then because <laughs> he had already paid for it. Um. That match, man, that was that was already a crazy pay per view. Yeah, that was an insanely mental pay per view. Oh yeah, and to see that match and to see you know what mankind Mick Foley went through in that match, you it's know, I thought he was, I thought he was dead when he got thrown oh, off yeah. the top of the ladder. Like I was like god awful scared, like. Dad, did somebody just die in a wrestling match on live TV? Like, we've already seen one. Like, already, like, yeah, no, not again. Because we already had the Owen situation. Well, well, Owen was a year later. Yeah, yeah Owen was yeah, a year later, you know. But there was also, like, a British wrestler that I seen on the news uh, that had died in action. Like, they, it was like a, a, a worldwide news report about a British wrestler oh, who died. Oh, yeah, there's there's a lot of wrestlers uh, that's died. Um, uh, Mike DiBiase died. Like in the died. middle of a match. Yeah, Mike DiBiase died in the middle of a match. Uh, Pedro. Dad. What's his name? Yeah. The dude that Rey Mysterio 619 and botched it. Oh, you're talking about uh, Pedro, Pedro. De Aguayo. I think so. What's his name yeah. again? Yeah, Pedro, Pedro De Aguayo, Aguayo Jr. Yeah. Yeah. Pedro Aguayo Jr. Which he was, that was a badass, bro. I loved watching his work. Yeah. Like, hands down, second to none, was a tough in your face guy. But yeah, whenever, whenever Foley got thrown off the top of that cell and went through the announce table. My God, my God. Yeah. Good God. Like, I literally. I literally came off my seat. I jumped twice and did this. Well, Undertaker famously asked Terry Funk to go check if he's dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Undertaker, yeah. Undertaker, Undertaker thought he was dead. And then was uh, like, they were carting him out. Next thing you know, they were carting him out. As he was getting carted out, he was coming back down the ramp. I'm like, Dad, is this guy on drugs? My dad's like, I don't know, maybe. And one of the big things that's forgotten, he later comes back later on the, the, at the end of the pay-per-view. <laughs> yeah, during, yeah. Yeah, yeah, during yeah. the Stone Cold Kane uh, first, blood. Uh, first blood match. Right, right. This guy, this he still came back and did his job as a run-in. 
you know, and then, well, whenever he came back, being on the stretcher, he's like, no, screw this. I'm going to finish this match. He climbed back up the cell. Yep. Falls through the cell. Smacked in the face with a chair. He's got teeth in his nose. Yeah, that shit was crazy. I'm like thumbtacks as well. I love, I love, the uh, spot. I love the spot after that when he's in the corner, and they're saying that he's smiling, but he's realistically not smiling. He's always gone on record and says he's trying to push his tongue through the hole in his lip, and it makes it look like he's smiling. But here in JR go, he's smiling added so much more to that match. Right. It and added a, that crazy a, psychotic emphasis. A question you always have to ask yourself, because I know every wrestling fan has thought this internally. How, how memorable do you think the match would have been if it would have just started in the ring rather than on top? Have you ever really thought? Honestly, I don't think it I don't think it would have made a difference if it started in the ring or out on top because eventually they were going to get to the top of that cell. Yeah. You want my honest opinion? Yeah. Knowing Mick Foley, he would have done something crazy to make it memorable. But when you look back on it now and the probably the hundred times that I have watched it, I, I look at it and I'm like, what if they were to start it in the inside? I I still have no clue. I still have no clue how Undertaker climbed that ring with the, 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 the cage with, a broken ankle. Yeah, broken ankle. Yep. Yeah, like yeah, that was see, and that's 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 one of the things that most people don't talk about. You know, is what injuries that Undertaker was already sustaining before this yeah. match. Well, and if you look at the cage at that time, they don't have the big holes cut in it. Well, th- uh-uh. those. Those holes are more for the camera, actually. Yeah, it was more for the camera. <laughs> right. Well, well, yes, I, right. under- I understand that. But at that time, they didn't. Yeah. So if you watch it now, they scale up it no problem. Yeah. Back, the then, back then, there was effort put in. And yeah. yeah they actually of, had to climb. Like, especially a guy of Mick Yeah, they had the hard size. way up the, up the side of that cell. Yeah. Dude, and Mick Foley's not, not a small guy. It was, it was freaking industrial zip ties holding that case together. Oh, yeah. Like the fencing. Yeah, because oh, yeah. you can see him pop. Like you'll see him take a couple of steps, and you see like zip ties on. So really quick, I didn't get to see that match live. Yeah, I didn't when either. I was young. I think I was because I was blockbuster. Because well, see, I didn't even get that. So when I was that age, I lived in a trailer park in Huffman. So my family was very low income. Yada yada. I. The only time I could ever watch Raw was going over my friend Kyle's in his double-wide trailer in the trailer park. So I remember just catching the highlights on Raw the night after when they would do like the JVC Kaboom box. And it would show the the highlights and the still images. But I remember going back. I remember going back and my parents let me rent the videotape at Hollywood Video. I remember I remember watching that match, and I swear to God, man, I had goosebumps, and I had the shakes the whole time. Right. I was just so captivated by that match. I, Blockbuster, like Hollywood Video, and there was a place called Family Video. Yep. I, yeah. I, rented, I, I rented out every like wrestling tape I could get back then. That was the original WWE Network. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Blockbuster right. was the original WWE Network. I remember that shit yep. very well. Yeah, anytime, like anytime I would have money saved up, I would either rent the tapes or buy the tapes. 
I had a yeah, pretty decent collection growing up as a teenager. Like, I had at least two big 50 gallon totes full of VHSs or DVDs. Jeez. You know? Wow. Oh, like, I had figures, like, weapon, like the little toy belts, the, yeah. the whole nine. I had like four different rings. Yeah. I yeah, even, I even had the Titan Charm set up. Yep. Oh God. Yep. Oh, like where the little figures that had the little the, the little, little magnet thing the and you stick yep. it in and it played where it plays the music. Hold on, Nick. What did it say when you put the now walking through the Titan Now song? entering the Titan song. That's it. Stone Cold Steve Austin. Like, and it had their it had the it had the eight pictures of the wrestlers. It was like right. it, it would light Baker, up rock. Stone Cold, Austin, Vince, Austin, Gold Dust, Val Venus, Edge, wow. Christian. Talk, talk about ridiculous figures. Remember the sweating ones? No. <laughs> oh, God. So this one that oh. was sweat. Oh. That you saw those sweater, ones. The maximum sweat. The maximum so, sweat. I on. actually have the cane one. Hold I have on. a cane figure. I got one even more Thanks stupider. to Mike. I got one even more stupider. Do you remember the spinoff uh, series called Stomp, where it was the WWF figures, oh, but God. they were like GI Joes? Yeah. <laughs> and fucking Austin, Austin's face—he looked like the fucking horror character Nosferatu. <laughs> they were horrible. I gotta go fight off yeah. a bunch of damn stuff. Yeah, fight off goddamn sea terrorist. I gotta fight off a goddamn sea terrorist. <laughs> if you want to go, Steve Austin, then give a damn stutter to a shark. Give me a hell yeah. Oh, shoot. Hell, uh, hell, let's see. Old, yeah. old school, old school toys, man. Like they had like the uh, both the WCW and the WWF at the time. I know the what you're microphones. talking about. The microphones. Oh, my God. Yes. What? And you, like you had a button for like three or four different wrestlers. Like yep. there was Sting, Kevin Nash, Goldberg, and uh, was it oh, Scott my. Hall? Yeah. Might have been. No, Goldberg? no, it was uh, Diamond Dallas Page. Yes. There was four wrestlers, four buttons. That's not the vibrating think... sting, is it? Huh? Is that the vibrating sting? No, it doesn't have a button, but I was about to vibrating get that. Vibrating sting? Yeah, they had the WCW so, figures that had the red button on the side, and they just vibrated. It was stupid. It was 97 or 96. Okay, then. WCW, WCW decided they had a, a, an idea. WCW had some weird figures. Got to be Jack time. Specific. No, <laughs> yeah, this no. wasn't Jack Specific. This was San Francisco oh, Toymakers. Yeah, it San wasn't Mattel either. It was San it, Francisco Toys. It was San Francisco. Oh, San, oh, San Francisco. I remember okay. the same company that made the ECW ones. <laughs> I remember. I remember specifically gotcha. getting a Lex Luger figure, and I'm thinking like, this is very cool because because I have a vibrant. Now, mind you, I'm five years old. Like, I don't know anything about anything. This is like, hey, it's vibrating. It's pretty badass. It's actually moving. Lo and behold, later on down, I'm watching uh, Wrestling with Regret. And I'm watching it. And it's like, oh. I love that show. (laughs) If you press the red button, it vibrates. And it's like, oh. Well, don't give it to a woman. You know what I'm saying? It's like, (laughs) shit. Don't don't no, give they it got, to a woman. No, they got the PlayStation controller for that. That too. <laughs> but that was by far the most obscure type of wrestling figures. It, I, I got it, I got something that none of you guys probably owned. <laughs> I'll have to what? drop my um 
the, the WWF action cam. It was a digital oh, camera. Oh, God. So, it, no. it, it worked horribly on the computer, but I owned it. I got it for Christmas one year. Hold on. Hold on. I'm going to show you all something that I know y'all didn't have. Hold on. Let me pull it up really quick. Hold on. But the, this, this, do that. this camera, this camera had... was a camera that you were supposed to take your photo with. You could edit yourself into like the WWF ring. You basically could do stuff that you could do nowadays on like Snapchat and everything. Yeah, it's basically like I, I do Snapchat remember the commercials they had for that. Yeah, dude, dude, you remember the SmackDown uh, ring set with the scaffold and like the little tight, like the jumbotron or whatever. Yes, right. The scoreboard. I had that. I had that. I had nice. that. The wars. Uh, is it the Monster Ring series? But I had the Warzone one. Yeah, that's Warzone the one I had. I, I had the. I had that's the, a good one. I had the talking um, WCW ring. There was a so, there was a WCW like ring that, 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 that made that, that made theme songs and everything. I think it was. Was that the remember. one with the Nitro set too? <laughs> yeah. So oh, it was the Nitro set. That was one of my most favorite figures that I had. Right. I had that figure. So the most obscure thing I ever had, and I took this to school with me every day. I used to have, do you remember those Tamagotchis that you would feed the little animal every day? Yeah, I had one of those too. The WWF so, ones? Yes. So you can either pick Stone yeah. Cold, Star Michaels, or Kane. And you yep. picked them, you trained them, you fed them, you put them to sleep, right? So every day I would go to school, and I was a huge fucking Kane mark back then. And I would make sure I had to feed Kane on time and train him. Oh, dude. Did you, Could you imagine if you try to train Stone Cold Steve Austin? All right, Stone Cold, what you okay. Well, damn it, son. I need to train to get my stuff going. What? So, Dan, the real question is. Did Where's you my kill... bear? What? Dan, the real... Bear? the real question is, did you kill Kane in the end? <laughs> I probably did because the batteries ran out and I never did it again. <laughs> but no, so getting to my story of Hell in a Cell. With Mick Foley and Undertaker or Mankind Undertaker. I actually brought this up to Mick Foley because I met him this February, as a matter of fact, at uh, Comic-Con. And funny thing was, y'all watched it back in the day. See, me, I'm, I'm 29, right? Everybody's in here is older than me. And I never got a chance to actually watch this match at all until I got my very first iPhone. And I remember going on YouTube and some told me, Check out Mankind versus Undertaker, Hell in a Cell. I've always heard about it. I've always saw clips of it, but never watched the full match. Right? And for some reason, I never rented it at, at Blockbuster. Never rented it at Hollywood movies or whatever. Whatever the case may be. So, sitting down, actually watching that match, like, and, and me being a deathmatch type of guy can withstand the hardcore stuff and all that that gave me chills mm -hmm. so here's a man getting thrown off a 16 foot cell 16 foot cell twice and hit yeah not once but twice and it's like how is this man still going how is this man any normal man he'd be freaking paralyzed but for some reason Mick Foley one ear <laughs> What else he freaking had? Half that his man is the devil. His, you know, all that. This match in particular, in my honest opinion, I told us to him. This match, I felt 
made you a superstar, a mega star, if you will. Absolutely. All right, right but it's cigarette or cigar. I don't know if you smoke. Where did you smoke a cigar? Cigar shot. Are you doing a? <laughs> I like the flavor. <laughs> I just think it's hilarious. I just see a red flicker on a black screen. <laughs> We're the kayfabe. We're here. Speaking of yellow man, I would love to see that guy come back, but Lord knows what's going on with yeah, him. Yeah. With, uh... I don't, I don't see him coming back right now. I don't. <clears throat> They're saying, oh, he's coming back with the same gimmick. Now he's coming back as the fiend. That'll be he put the fiend on 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 the official website. <laughs> and, and, okay. They rent a, a render of him as as the fiend. No. You know, I hate to say it, but I've lost all hope in Bray Wyatt. I, I, honestly, I think the the Fiend character's kind of dead. It it it's it's just uh, it, it's either going to have to be drastically reinvented, or he's going to have to make a new gimmick. Or let me reiterate, I, I I haven't lost all my faith in Bray Wyatt personally. I've lost all my faith in the people that book Bray Wyatt. Yeah, yeah that creative. that's the thing. Yeah, creative. That is not Bray. It's it's that, not it's dead. yeah, like I. My idea of, of the fiend being dead is not the fiend is not Bray Wyatt's fault. It's creative be- with bad booking. <laughs> it's bad book. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the whole Wyatt Six thing was supposed to be like better than the Bloodline. Unfortunately, that did not happen. That didn't happen at all. So, what's next for Bray Wyatt? I mean, apparently he's still injured, right? He's still injured, and. WWE doesn't know what to do with him. Boy, I know it's best for. I know it's next for somebody. Yeah, that boy winning that U.S. belt. Me, you uh, know what? Oh, I'm gonna I'm go to record right there. Thankfully, you didn't get dragged down by that pitch black match. Thank <laughs> God, right. thank God. Right, that boy that is one going of the top to sellers right gold. now. In WWE. SummerSlam, he will win that belt. I give him against so. Austin Theory. He's winning it. Uh, I'm. I'm calling it right now. I'm not getting my hopes up because the last time I got my hopes up with LA Knight, he lost the money in the bank briefcase. <laughs> money in the bank, no. Dude, did yeah, you yeah. see? Hey, dude, did you see Kevin Nash fucking trashing him, saying that oh, he's bro, fuck rock Kevin and Nash for that. Fuck that, dude. He 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 um he he Kevin Nash has now stated. Kevin Nash is Kevin Nash is now stated. They, that he didn't recognize him. He, now Kevin Nash is playing it off like he doesn't know LA Knight. Like, oh, shut the fuck up, Nash, dude. Like, yeah, really. Like, there's no saying that goes. Excuses are like assholes. Everybody's got one, and they're all full of shit. Yep. <laughs> I mean, he's got more excuse than a woman, a woman with a dick. You know what I'm dude, saying, dude? My three year old daughter, bro, runs around the house going LA Knight. Yeah. I see a real little belt collection. I see it with the IC title and the and the universal title. Yeah, dude, I got her three of those belts for five dollars. <laughs> That's not bad. That's pretty badass. <laughs> yeah, this this lady, I was just gonna buy one on Facebook Marketplace. She's like, you can have all three of them for five bucks. Just come pick them up. I'm like, oh, bet. Word. <laughs> not bad at all. Those, those belt belts. Seem, those, those belts seem a little bit better made than when I was a kid. The, the we all were a kid. Yeah. The foam those, belts. Oh, those God. foam belts from like 1998 and stuff. Eight, yeah. I remember getting I one. I can agree on that. <laughs> I remember getting one from a WWF live show and it fell apart like in a week or two. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> hey, yeah. hey, in 90, yeah. hey, in 92, I still remember this. 
No, it would have been 90 because it was right when um, Warrior won the belt from Hogan. So everything was marketed around Warrior. I remember my grandma got me the foam winged eagle belt and it had Warrior on the front of the box, man. And uh, yeah, that was my earliest memory of a foam belt. <laughs> I know uh, I got the big eagle belt whenever uh, I had turned five. I remember getting the Stone Cold Steve Austin, like, it was a blow-up, not blow-up doll, it was a blow-up, uh, like, one of those punching bags. Oh, yeah, I remember it. Would you remember, put sand in it and Yeah, all that I stuff. remember it was blue with, you know, it, it was, like, blue background, I remember that thing. It was so oh, badass. And Nick, I, is, this, Nick I think, is this the belt you had? Yes, that's the belt I had. That's the phone belt I had. That was my oh. very first one, and my only one I had until I started belt collecting. Oh, I'm going to show you the one I had, Bubba. So, yeah, I remember getting that belt in particular. Oh, that's sick. That's the Hulk Hogan foam belt. Yeah, brother. Yeah, that belt didn't last yeah. long at all. My yeah. personal favorite, though, when it came to, like, WWF toys, were the wrestling buddies. Oh, oh yes. I, 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 never I, actually... had, I had Hogan, Warrior, and Savage. Yeah, I, oh. I didn't. I didn't own the WWF ones. I own the WCW knockoff ones. Like, That's what I did too. I, I wore them things stupid thin. I, I, I wore them out <laughs> so bad. Look, that's the one that I had. But that sounds about right. You would have that belt on the Dude. W on the WCW wrestling buddy things. I had uh, Randy Savage, Goldberg, Sting, and maybe Kevin Nash. I don't know which Sting you had. Black and Wolf white. Pack. I had Wolfpack. Yeah, I had black and white. I had, I had, I had the uh, DDP one too. I had I almost had a DDP one. I had a Kevin, uh, a Hollywood Hogan, Macho Man, uh, Randy Savage, and a Stink. And I still have them to this day. They're in the closet and they need to be washed because it's been, I wish it's I been stuck in the closet my, for so many years. <laughs> I had like the, the big figures, like they were the, um, they were the Stretch Armstrong edition. Figures. Yes, I have those. I have no memory of this. And Lex Luger. I tell you what. Before we wrap up the show, this is one of my prized possessions, and uh, I got this from Mustang Mike. Shout out to Mustang Mike, by the way. But um, the Smash and Slam series from WCW is always a, a personal favorite figure line of mine, and I remember trying to find a Scott Hall, but all they had was the red one. The red and black, but I end up getting the yeah. white and black. Those I, I are still. Yeah, I remember re having that wrestling figure as a kid, and I really loved that like, he had the sting mask. Just the design of it, in my opinion. Those are still the best WCW figures made. By far. When you, when you look at WCW figures Man, in particular, these are the best ones. It, you can't that, get any better than that. Is, the way how they look, the way how they were yeah. made. I mean. It, is that one? Are those the ones made by uh, Marvel? Yes. No, Toy Biz. Oh, well, Ma that's Marvel was, was made. No, Marvel is toy. Marvel, Marvel is toy was toy biz. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Marvel is toy biz. Yeah, They're the same yeah, thing. You're right. But that's yeah, I remember TNA having figures of those. I remember having DDP in particular. DDP, Randy Savage, Hollywood Hogan. Like literally, I had all these dudes. I had all the collection. I had all of it. Like, this is by far my all-time favorite figure line. Like, it was just. Look I, at the design. The design I, of it. I it looks so fantastic. You don't see that nowadays. All you see is a big box. Like, 
I mean, I ha- I have the Bray Wyatt. I have a Fiend figure up there and all that shit. And it's like, just the design of it, the way how it looks. Like, it just looks fantastic, man. Like, hey, I love this. Hey, Cody, do you great. remember you remember the bone-crunching action figures? Yes. You take their little knees and you hear the little... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I had cousins who had those. I didn't get to get those growing up, but yeah, I had the I had cousins who had them. But yeah, but yeah, my memory of the Hell in a Cell, I didn't get to see it for months after because I couldn't afford pay per views. Yeah. Uh, I my first pay per view I ordered was Anarchy Rules '99 ECW, and that was mostly because it was twenty bucks rather than the thirty dollars I think WCW and WWE was. It's like thirty nine ninety nine, forty nine ninety five. Thirty nine ninety five. Yeah, oh, yeah. I couldn't remember. I right. thought it was, but I thought at one time it was like thirty dollars, and then went up to thirty five, and then. Nope, it was always thirty nine ninety five. Oh, okay. Well, that yeah, ECW was like twenty bucks cheaper. I'm like, oh, I'll go with ECW. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I even though I, they did have a good quality event, though. Yeah, yeah, it was a great event. I I never really. For what seen, it was worth. I, at that time, I had never seen ECW that really at that time. Yeah. I just heard about it. <laughs> yeah, I didn't hey. watch ECW till like towards the end of it when like it was right before Mike Awesome went to WCW. And it's like I've I've for some reason, I don't know why, but I, I just love Mike Awesome. I love his time in ECW. Like I didn't really have a I chance to heard. actually watch. I've heard of it, but it's like at my dad's house I'm gonna watch it because my dad was like, Hey, you can watch ECW, just don't tell your mom. All right, cool. Let's let I'm I'm game. Let's check this out. And I remember watching him against uh, Tanaka. Their matches. Oh, oh my God. Even Masaka the one night Tanaka. stand. Even Masaka. the one night stand from 05 was insane. Masada Tanaka, oh, still, Masada, Masada Tanaka is still wrestling to this day. Yeah, to this very day. He's still, I just, still a bad son bitch, too. I just, I just saw that he's going to be out here in a few, like, few months. <laughs> Go meet him, Joey. No, you want what? to. Go meet the man. Have him sign your ECW belt, even though he never won the belt. But we'll just... yeah, he did. Oh, he did. Yeah, he did. Yeah. He beat Mike Awesome for it. Yeah. yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, shit. Because he was champ. Yeah, I know. Bad, I think. It, I think he won it once or twice because I know in 2000 he was the champ for a short period of time. Yeah, because it was right before. I want to say Jerry uh, Jerry Lynn won the title at that point. Yeah. I want to say, I don't know who took the belt off of Tanaka, but I want to say, I, oh, I don't know who took the belt off of him. Dude, you, you're talking about uh, Tanaka and Awesome, man. I'm going back through Mike Awesome shit in FMW right now. Oh, shit. Yeah, I was about to ask you about FMW days. Like, like how many of y'all caught, like kept track of FMW in the 90s? Well, I, I can speak probably for all of us and say none of us did. No. Um, I didn't I, know. I didn't know anything about it until well, I knew how I mean, no, was no, in it. Granted, granted, I'm 34 years old. Yeah. Um. Now so I'm I, almost 40, bro. I might have got into FMW <laughs> around 2003. I got into tape trading at the dying end of it, basically. Yeah. Because I used to have like 400 DVDs due to tape trading. That's how I got into ROH and CZW and bro, FMW and all Nick, that. Nick. And he's not lying, dude. When me and him first started talking, he sent me a fucking, I still have it, Joey, a CD book with like 300 DVDs in it. This is a, this is an FMW uh, program from 1996. Program. Look at that. 
Bro, that was like a freaking manga. Uh, it was like a manga book. Yeah, and, and remember, you got to read it back to front, right to left. Yeah, <laughs> I'm learning that right now because I'm actually reading some mangas myself. I'm doing uh some Dragon Ball Z. Like I was actually speaking of like, like Japanese. I would love to learn the language. Yeah, because oh, if shit. at any time me and Colt Storm are sharing a locker room. We can shoot the shit in Japanese because he speaks pretty fluent Japanese. Hey, you know how we were saying that the big guests that we have on, you know who we completely forgot about? Madman Pondo. Yeah. yeah. Pondo. Pondo. Oh my God. Pondo was freaking awesome. But like, I met, matter of fact, I have a small story about that. Sick, Joey. Madman Pondo. Like, uh, I was at the gathering of the Juggalos. In 2010, 2011, I went Killer. two years, and Madman Pondo uh, was on the primary card of Bloody Mania. Yep, JCW. Yeah, for JCW, and I was I was lucky enough to get to the barricades ringside during his match um, against Corporal Robinson. Which, if anything, in JCW. Corporal Robinson had the best entrance music ever. Correct Violent J's, I get mad. Correct me if I'm wrong. Wasn't Corporal Robinson Leatherface in FMW? Hmm, Joey, Joey research that, because I swear to God. Yeah, Google that. I may be wrong, but I think I'm right. Uh, No. <laughs> Because wasn't a former WWE no, no, he, no, he came up in IWA Mid South, it says, so, and he's That's never been it. in FMW. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I was at the Blood Mania show whenever uh, Ponda worked Corporal Robinson, like semi main. Uh, Corporal had just dropped the JCW heavyweight title. I'm trying to remember to who. I think it was Congo Kong he lost to, like, a couple months prior. So Congo Kong was JCW heavyweight champion. This was basically a number one contenders match. And sitting ringside watching this match, I already had a sprained ankle from, you know, fucking around and finding out at the gathering, making and making a mess of myself. It was too bad. <laughs> and so there was an old fella that, like, well, I was passing by. I had a really bad limp. Because I really torqued my ankle. Uh, this was like day two, day three of the gathering that I was there for. And he's like, this old, this old fella in a in a old like eighty three Winnebago looks at me. He's like, "Hey kid, you all right?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'm okay. Uh, just kind of jacked up my ankle a bit." So yeah, I can fucking tell. Here, look, I got something for you. So uh, he goes, he goes into his Winnebago, and he grabs these old. Decrepit wooden crutches. <laughs> oh God! He's like, here, I don't need these anymore. You can have them. I'm like, word. He's like, yeah, man, you're good. Don't worry about that. It's like, look, you know what? You, I don't care what anybody says. You may be an old coot, but you're the coolest old coot I've ever met in this gathering. <laughs> he gave me a whoop whoop and sent me on my way. There you go. You know, and going into that match, I was walking. I was trying to get to the ringside with these crutches because I really messed up my ankle. They're fighting on the outside. 
and I go and I put my hand out and I've got the crutch in my hand. You know, I'm going, yeah, you know, get him, get him. The next thing you know, Pondo snags the freaking wooden crutch out of my hand. I'm like, <laughs> oh, shit, yeah. You know, and he starts whopping up Cooper Robinson with this old beat-up wooden crutch. Like, it looked like it was barely hanging on by the by the butterfly wing nuts and everything. And, yeah, that was that was quite a moment. I tried to get, like, fragments of it to try to get – Hondo and Corporal to sign it after the show. Never got to see him, though. Never had the opportunity. But that moment there at the gathering for Bloody Mania was probably one of the coolest memories I have of Madman Pondo. Yeah, he was such a nice dude. Yeah, he, he really Oh, a hell of a guy. Beat. Oh, God. Like, from the moment we started filming, we was talking and talking. Yeah. Hey, if you want me to stop talking, just let me know. I was like, dude, you're doing great. We don't have to do anything. Just keep talking, brother. Just do what you gotta do. And I mean, he kept going on and on and on. And it's like, I clicked with them because we, I have a thing for horror movies. And he had just gotten to watch The Boogeyman at the time. And I just got, I just, I actually saw The Boogeyman uh, recently and just really fell in love with the movie. The movie was great, but uh, scary as shit, by the way. But yeah, we were on there for almost two hours. Almost two hours. Almost. I think so far our longest episode is wrestling. Wrestling holds that record for a year and a half because it's clocking in two hours. And ever since then, and I've told Dan this, we got to have somebody that's going to beat our record. We got to have somebody got to beat Wrestling's record. That way I can be like, hey, Wrestling, you don't have the longest episode no more, bitch. So, so Dan, Dan, you were thinking of Corporal Kirshner. That's it. Okay. So, all right, well... Any final thoughts before we wrap this up? Uh, wrap your tool. Yeah, wrap your tool, you fool. <laughs> <laughs> don't. The American Dream Dustin Rose says, don't be silly. Wrap your willy, baby. Let me tell you something right now, baby. Let me tell you something. Right here. The American Dream Dustin Rose, baby. Let me tell you something. You better wrap that willy, but. I can't even fucking do it now. I was, we, were, we were talking. <laughs> I think it was last week or week before last. And, and, you know, not to stray off into that thing. I still think his coolest promo was when he was doing the Dusty Rhodes taco shop. Yeah, That's I just, I just it. saw. Yeah, yeah. I, I love it. That was good shit. I love it. Or the, or the pizza delivery service that he did. My favorite yeah. one was the uh, the garbage truck one. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Beautiful day in the neighborhood. Yeah. It's out there. Oh, let me show you my. My, my trick, my Americana hook shot. And he literally puts the damn garbage can on his shoulder. It just does it like that. It's hilarious and shit. And he's talking to like the other guy. Like, the other guy knows Dusty. It's like, I don't think he knows Dusty. But, okay, whatever. So, but yeah. Uh, once again, this is going to conclude our show. I want to thank the one, the only, just built, different, your brand new APW hyper champion. And at this point, I want to pass on to you. Where can we find you before we wrap this up, by the way? Where can we find you? Of course, y'all can can find me on Facebook. Yeah, you can find me on Facebook at Just Just Build Different Cody Hawkins. Um, You can find me also on Instagram at Hawkins. That's H-A-W-K-I-N-Z. Not an S. Please make it a Z. Hawkins88. Um, I am also on TikTok at Just Built Different. Follow him. Uh, you will also find me three or four days a week 
on WGS TV on Twitch with the Wrestle Gamer Billy Bujo doing live reactions of Monday Night Raw, Friday Night SmackDown, Dynamite Collision, the uh, Tokyo Joshi, New Japan, Game Changer Wrestling, Choco Wrestling, any any wrestling that happens around the area, and we can catch wind of it. We usually do live reactions all week long. And also August 26th, uh, if you check out Action Pack Wrestling's Facebook page, um, they will be updating the fans as to where the show is going to be on August 26th because we are moving venues. I mean, look, <laughs> that show Saturday night was hot. So we're trying to get to a venue where it's not as hot. We're going to have air conditioning. Don't worry. We will be back in the Bayou Pigeon Heritage Hall as soon as the cold months set in. Dude, not only that, all my belts, once we left the show, all of them were moist. That's how hot the bitch was. And make sure not to keep those in a belt if they're moist, because people, I've heard stories of people with mold on their belts before. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Always, always keep, always dry off those, that leather, and keep them in a cool, dry place as much as you can. I keep them in the house, so. Always care for that belt, baby. And look, yeah, I want to show y'all, like, uh, before we got this championship back, it was a little tattered. We got new leather on this bad boy. I see that. Nice, pretty leather. We got. Oh, that snake skin. No, not snake that skin. new skin on the back, baby. Ooh. Love it. Shout out to Mr. Richard, uh, a close friend of Action Pack Wrestling for helping us restore this belt and bringing it back to its original glory the way it should be. I need to get with him about this belt in particular because this belt, you know, it, it's 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 seen as better it's days. It's seen better days. Which is great, but, like, it's starting to peel a little bit. Oh, yeah. Oh, he'd be able to do that for you, no problem. And Just like, hit him up. Couple the couple the jewels, I think it's best. Oh, no. Hey, Cody, <laughs> I love the red. Yeah, the red oh, yeah. oh, the red on the World Heavyweight Championship was a really good touch. Yes. So, with it, you know what, Dan, since Dan wants to pull out his belt, I'm going to pull out my oh, belt. Hey, hey, I'm buying that IWGP US belt, bro. You I'm, need to. Oh. That way we can complete. Joey needs to get the, well, I don't know what's the IWGP belt he will want to get. He can get the junior tag team titles. <laughs> anyway. With that being said, thank you guys so much for tuning in to another brand new episode of the KFA Podcast. If you like what you see, if you want to stay stay up to date with our stuff, head on over to youtube.com forward slash what a KFA Podcast. Hit that subscribe button. Also, smash the notification bell. That way you don't miss any of our content whenever we upload a video. Again, I want to say a special thank you to Just Built Different. Being a man of my word, being a man of my word because he won the match. Not only he won the title, but he won a spot on one of KFA podcasts. I actually like doing it. That's actually a pretty good concept. I didn't think it was going to work out. Oh, heck yeah, Shit. man. Anytime a title changes hands, why not? Give, give him a shout out. Put him like an indie spotlight. Why not? I mean, that's, you know, shit. It works on, on Sam Stockhouse. He's doing he's doing good shit right now. Yeah, now he's doing fucking movies because of us. Exactly. <laughs> We're almost getting close to 200 subscribers, and we're getting close to the road to episode 100. 100 episodes, guys. 
We we're doing 100 episodes. It's insane. Last time we had Cody on the show was an absolute shit show. It was just, it was bonkers because we had Cody on the show, the Robbie on the show, and then for some reason this was this is when Davey was not a part of the Water Cafe family. He just came in out of nowhere and it's like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? So now <laughs> we finally got Cody on the show by himself. So please check him out. He's an awesome dude. Great stuff. Can't miss out. Um, and again, once again. Thank you for watching our show. And with that being said, this is the Venomous One, Nick Venom. My two good friends, Sagley Crocker and Danny Mother F and K Fabe. And we are out of here. Oh, Lord. It's been on the mic. <laughs> Crocker hit that beat. And I make me happy. How very can I, can I, can I tell you something as a friend? No, can I tell you something as a friend? Yeah. Come on in if you would, please. You're the shits, you really are. <laughs> You're the worst I heard.